Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Hi, it's Andy here with today's Beacon. Now, during this coronavirus outbreak, I've had to carry out a number of funerals, which under normal circumstances would have had the church packed to the rafters. However, due to restrictions, all of them have been done with limited numbers and a sense of being distant from those we would like to be close to. Now, I didn't take the funeral this week for a great friend of the church, but I did manage to attend by the provision of technology and the use of the internet to live stream the service to those watching at home. The one theme that kept reoccurring was that of legacy. What a legacy this lady left, serving as a missionary, a primary school teacher, of being a wonderful encourager and a great ambassador for Jesus. Added to this, the example she set to those around and to her family, this all added up to an impressive catalogue of example and encouragement. A solid legacy to be remembered. Now I wonder, if we were to take a little time to stop and think deeply, what would our legacy be? Now I want to encourage you to do just that. Take some time and think about your legacy. Now I will guarantee that most of us will sit in silence for a while and find it difficult to get past the negative things that we'll think of first. Our failures, our lack of commitment when we should have exercised more faith, how we have failed rather than triumphed. It's a very natural thing that we dwell on our bad points of failures. Most of us are inherently inclined not to be boastful about ourselves and more likely to point out the good things in others first. And that is usually why when we come across someone who is boastful that we generally have a negative reaction towards them. Who do they think they are? I guess one of the things that set me off on this train of thought was the behaviour of some of the Christian leaders during this US election, claiming all kinds of things in the name of the Lord and boasting about results and so forth. One was even caught in inane robotic laughter that, if you ask me, was far from godly or even real. We are surrounded by so much counterfeit that it is really important that we know how we are doing. And to this end, we are urged by the Apostle Paul to evaluate ourselves honestly. Now it says in Romans 12 verse 3, I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Now, you will know that this is one of my go-to scriptures. I've spoken on it before, as it reminds me of who I am. It keeps my feet on the ground and my eyes focused on Jesus who perfects my faith. Now let's have a quick look at some other renditions of this verse to help us see clearly what it's saying to us. I read from the NLT before. The NIV puts it like this. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. The New King James puts it this way. To everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. 
So the words that stick out to me is not the action of evaluating ourselves or even thinking of ourselves, but the way in which we are asked to do it with honesty or thinking soberly. In other words, we are in danger of thinking of ourselves much higher than we ought unless we apply honesty or think soberly. Without honesty, we will quickly come to the wrong conclusions about ourselves. In fact, I would go as far as to say that although we are not inherently boastful, we're also always economical with the truth. Being honest or considering soberly takes a bit of effort because we have to have a comparison point to do it. So what or who do we compare ourselves with in order to apply this correctly? What legwork do we have to put in? Well, thankfully, the scripture tells us exactly how to apply this passage as well. We assess ourselves against the faith that we have in God. But even this is open to interpretation. Is it really to do with our level of faith? And if so, what is this faith that God has measured out to us? I think the message translation helps us to understand this passage accurately and puts the correct application before us. Here's what it says. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Now then, this rendition, this rendition reads very differently from the, from the traditional interpretations. But what it does do is it applies the correct understanding of what faith is. Faith is our ability to trust the truth that God is who he says he is. And the scripture reveals accurately his nature or character. The more we understand God's constant character as shown to us through scripture and the life of Jesus, the same yesterday, today and forever, it tells us in Hebrews 13 verse 8, then the greater our understanding of who we really are. Now comparing myself with my wife, my friends, family or other Christians is not going to cut it. I can easily see faults in others as they will easily see faults in me. And therefore, we run the risk of thinking of ourselves as better than we ought, just as the scripture warns us. However, when we use Jesus as a standard, when we hold up our character to God's character, we begin to see the gulf that lies between us. Soberly and honestly evaluating myself up against a just, holy, righteous God is only going to leave me realising how sinful and rotten I really am. Now this may seem a very dangerous position to put ourselves in, robbing us of all self-worth, but the truth is we are told to evaluate ourselves secure in the knowledge that God sent Jesus to cover our failures, our sin and our unrighteousness. Therefore, considering who we are in light of this only shines more glorious light on who God is and the sacrifice of Jesus who bore my sin and shame in order that God would even consider my works and life.
The entire process helps us to focus on God and Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, the beginning and the end. In the words of the worship song, it's all about you, Jesus, and it's not about me. So why did I start this beacon with talking about the wonderful legacy of this wonderful lady at the funeral this week? Well, let me tell you. The funeral this week, in its entirety, was for the lovely lady we were remembering and giving thanks for, celebrating the life of. But the legacy that we remembered was that her life was all about Jesus, her Saviour and Lord. It fell to others to speak of her life, the goodness, the beauty, the faithfulness and her love for others. However, it was stated over and over again that the reason for all these attributes was not the lady herself, but Jesus being outworked through her. She would always step back in order for Jesus to be seen. The legwork of her legacy she would step back to let Jesus be seen. Now, when we evaluate honestly our lives, it should help us to see that it's only through the spirit given to us when we believe in Jesus, the sacrifice and the covering for our sins, planned by and revealing the character of an unchanging God, who is there for all who would honestly humble themselves and ask for his forgiveness. We evaluate our lives against that. Those who want the glory and praise, well you can have it now. I would much rather step aside and let God take the glory. Lord give me a humble heart and legs that are willing to move aside in order that you are seen and not me. Amen. Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.